blessing it is to be in the Lord's house today. This is the day the Lord has made. Amen. Amen. Uh, what a blessing. We're going to, at the end of the service, when Pastor Marcello uh, comes up to, uh, to dis- dismiss you, I-, I want us to pray over them. They're getting ready to go on vacation, and um, they're going to visit friends and their family, and they'll be all up all the way to Virginia and back, and we just want the Lord's favor and blessing on them. Uh, he's getting his vacation out of the way uh, so that he can come back and work hard uh, while I'm on vacation. And uh, I'm going to have a good vacation. It'll be here. I'll be here. But uh, I'm taking a, having a forced vacation. Uh, I'm going to be having surgery uh, in August, August the 4th. And um, I'm going to be a new man. I'm going to have a facelift, tummy tuck, uh, get a little Botox. And... <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming out a new man. I'm telling you. No, uh, having having foot surgery, they've got to go in and cut some bones and tendons and break bones and pins and all kind of stuff. And so, I'll be. Uh, I'll kind of be hobbling for a little while, being a cast about ten weeks and then a a, a boot for about three months. And so we'll uh, we'll ride a scooter and roll a wheel, whatever we need to do. Uh, after a couple of weeks, I'll be here. But I said, I'm not going to preach right at first, because I'm not sure if I'm on painkillers, what I might say. I might tell y'all the truth. <laughs> yeah, so, so I want to make sure I'm in my right mind before I get in the pulpit. No, this, you know what? I need you to, to pray. We're praying for perfect surgery, uh, perfect recovery, uh, just things will go quick. I'll just, I'm praying I'll be the exception to the rule. And uh, just, just believe in the Lord for, for healing. But I appreciate your prayer. So Pastor Marcello, he, he's going to go rest a little bit. Because when he gets back, it'll all be on him. Him and Pastor Elias will be uh, uh, preaching for a little bit. And then we've got Brother Woody coming in August. And uh, it's going be, to be a good month. But if you love me. You do? All right. We'll see. If you love me, you'll be here, whether I'm here or not. Because I'll be watching. And I'll be taking roll. I'll be getting count. I'll, I'll know if you're here or not. And uh, so you, you, you be here and just support. So uh, it'll be good. Amen. Are you ready? Are we going to you ready for some word today? Amen. We're going to talk about things to guard. Anybody uh, got anything at your house you, you, you like to protect? You like to guard? We like to guard our stuff, don't we? We have alarms on our house. We, we have locks on our doors. We, you know, we, we guard our stuff. We guard our family. Uh, we, 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 we put measures in place to protect. And those are good things. But if we're not careful, uh, we protect things that are temporal. And we leave those things that are eternal and those things that are of most important unguarded, unprotected. And the enemy is always looking for an end. The Bible says the thief cometh but to steal, kill, and destroy. The the thief is always looking for an easy target. He's looking for an open door. 
He's looking for a, a house uh, that is unguarded, that is uh, vacant, that is empty, uh, that doesn't have an alarm. And you know what are the biggest deterrents, they say, to, to a, a, a thief? A dog. If, if they hear a dog barking, uh, they, they, they kind of, let's move on to the next house. And so, uh, because the thief is looking for the easy way. And so we guard all of these things, but there are certain things that we lead unguarded. And so today, I just want to talk to you, and I want to encourage you to guard these. Everybody say, guard these. So turn in your Bibles this morning to the book of 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter number 5. We're going to read verse uh, 8 and 9. And uh, then we're just going to talk about a few things that you need to guard. And uh, let's just take a moment and pray. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for your presence today. We thank you, Lord, for uh, all of the good things that you have given us. And Lord, we want to be faithful and we want to be on guard. We thank you, Lord, because you are our protector. And Father, we just ask you to guard the house. And Lord, we put you in charge, and we ask you today to anoint your word. Father, anoint my lips to speak your word, and ask you to open our hearts and ears to receive. In Jesus' name, everybody said a big amen. So 1 Peter chapter number 5, and let's read verse 89. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary. How many knew that you had an adversary? It's not your neighbor. It's not your kids. It's not your spouse. Come on. We have an adversary. It's not that person at work. We have an adversary, the devil. As a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Whom? Whom are we talking about? The devil. Whom resists? Steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Today, I want to talk to you about resisting the devil and guarding these. Because there's areas that the devil wants to get in, and he does get in, and he is good at his job. How many knows the devil's good at his job? He's a good devil. He's a bad devil. But he's good at what he does. And what does he do? He kills. He steals. He destroys. He brings division. He's a liar. He lies. And the the truth's not in him. He's a deceiver. And so the Bible declares that we need to resist him. We need to post a guard and not let him in. And I'm going to talk to you about these areas that we don't want the devil to get in. Because when he gets in, he causes trouble. He's a troublemaker. We don't like troublemakers, do we? So we're going to find the areas that the devil's in and we're going to kick him out. How many wants to kick the devil out? Come on, let's get him out. So, we just talked to you today about guarding. What does it mean to guard? It's a state in which someone is carefully looking. Everybody say, carefully looking. 
for possible danger, threats, problems, etc. Amen. Be on guard. Be watching. Be looking. The Bible says be vigilant. It's when we get lazy. When, when we were working on uh, Pastor Marcello's house, uh, right in the very beginning, uh, a thief broke in and stole a bunch of stuff. Well, we got, we got another lock on the door. Just a regular lock. Didn't put the deadbolt on. I don't know why. Because we didn't think the thief would come back. And there for a little while, we were watching, and we were guarding, and we were, but time went by, and we got slack, and little by little, first, we were taking all the tools with us. We didn't leave nothing there. Little by little, we got everything back there. Had all the pastor's electric tools, all of the paint tools, paint sprays, everything. And one day, I came back in, got ready to paint. Where's the paint sprayer? Where, where, where's the pastor? Where, where's my tools? Everything. The thief had come back and took it all. We weren't vigilant. We let our guard down. We didn't do. We, we should have. I don't know what we should have done. Should have put a dog in there. <laughs> I thought about hiding in the closet with my gun, but. Did, did, did you know it's not worth killing anybody over a paint sprayer? Amen. Stuff is stuff. You bought more stuff. We, we really thought that was a good time to retire from all that stuff, but instead we just got more stuff. Because we had to keep working. Listen, we can't. When the devil comes in and steals, we can't just stop and give up and quit. You know what? I mean, by the by a couple hours later, I was spraying again. Got another spray. You know what? We, we don't stop, we don't quit, we don't give up just because the devil sneaks in and steals something. We get up, we get vigilant, then we got a camera, and then we got some internet, and we got, you know, an alarm, we got to put in, and the thief hadn't come back. Why? Because thieves don't want to come back with cameras, and, 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 and they want easy. They're looking for easy, in and out quick, when nobody's looking, nobody's watching. The devil likes to slip in in areas undetected but today we're going to pull the veil back and we're going to look guard these number one your mind everybody everybody say my mind this right here is the biggest playground for the devil he loves to get in your mind he loves to get in your thoughts he loves to stake your peace. He loves to tell you lies. He loves to stir up vain imaginations, the Bible says. He loves to bring fear. Where does fear emanate in your mind? 99 point something percent of most people's fears never come to pass. We fear things that won't happen. But the devil... Makes us think they are. They makes us, it's possible. They're coming. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. And we live in constant fear. And it all starts right in our mind. Second Corinthians 11.3 says, But I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray. 
from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. I'm going to tell you, in that scripture, I see a couple of things. Number one, these were true Christians. He said they had pure and sincere devotions to Christ. They weren't the world. They weren't sinners. They weren't people that didn't care about God. He said, you're, you're sincere, you're pure in heart, but I'm afraid that just as the devil slipped in the garden and began to plant little seeds in Eve's mind, how did he do it? Did God say not to eat that? Are you sure? Can you just put that thought there, that question are you sure that's wrong? Are you, are you sure that's a sin? Are, ah, I think God, I think God just doesn't want you to be like Him. You see, they were as much like Him at that moment as they were ever going to be. But the devil put the thought in her mind, what am I missing out on? Man, she looked at the fruit, it looked good. It smelled good. And then she tasted it. Then the Bible says that she called her husband. And the Bible says he wasn't deceived. He just sinned. Sin is when you know to do right and you don't do it. But Eve, and we don't know how, how long the time was. We don't know what her, I'm telling you, it wasn't the first day that he showed up. But he got in her mind. And the Bible declares, I'm afraid that just like the serpent was able to come, uh, Eve, that somehow your mind is going to be led astray. Listen, if the devil can put a thought and you can hold on to that thought, because a thought's not a sin. Let me say that again. A thought is not a sin. Oh, but pastor, uh, it was a bad thought. Still not a sin. We can't control our thoughts because the de Bible says the devil's like a, uh, he has a fiery dart and he shoots those darts. He shoots those thoughts. He shoots those things. And we have the ability to reject that thought. No, 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 no. That's not, that's not of God. That's not pure. That's not holy. That's not me. That's not what I, I'm not thinking on that. And we reject that thought. We dismiss that thought. The sin comes in is when we receive that thought and then we accept it and we begin to meditate on it. Oh, yeah. Hmm. I kind of like that. Let's think on that. Let's fantasize about that. Let's contemplate that. And so the devil's constantly putting those thoughts in your mind and he's waiting to see which one is going to take root. A lot of thoughts, we just, we just knock them off like this. We're, we're, the Bible says, take the shield of faith. And we've got our shield, and they're bouncing off. And the devil is just constantly sending it in. Doubt, fear, unbelief, jealousy, lust, anger, pride. And they're just bouncing off. But then all of a sudden, for some reason, we let our guard down, and one gets us. Now we have a choice. Are we going to reject it? Rebuke it, cast down vain imaginations, or are we going to let it take root and we're going to begin to think on it, meditate on it, which means to chew on it. What happens when you chew your food? 
You have a choice. You can spit it out and it doesn't get in you. Or you can chew it and swallow it and it becomes a part of you. Now it has to go through the process. There's times to where thoughts come, we got to spit them out. We got to rebuke them. We've got to get them out of our mind. If we don't, we can be led astray from a peer relationship with God. Because pretty soon the devil, he puts that thought there. Well, that's all right. Eh, did God really mean that? Uh, I know the Bible says that, but uh, you know, what is it true? And we start believing other things and other people and those thoughts come. We begin to meditate on them. And pretty soon, I mean, we're, we're living in fear. We're living in doubt. He's constantly putting doubt and fear. He's constantly putting you down. Listen to that. Your low self-esteem starts in your mind. How you think about yourself. Your prejudices starts in your mind. How you think about others. And we have the opportunity to rebuke those thoughts, to protect our mind. We've got to guard. Everybody say, guard my mind. We have got to allow the Word of God to guard our mind from the lies of the devil. The devil's a liar. What he's telling you is a lie. It's a lie what he's telling you about yourself, about others, about what's going on. Listen, we've got to get in the Word of God to get the truth. And David said, I meditate upon your Word. Same thing. I eat it. I swallow it. I get it down in my heart. I get it in my spirit. Because I'm telling you, I'm preaching today. The Word can come into your mind and you have opportunity to receive it or reject it. You can walk right out of here. Forget all about it. It was just a thought. You heard it, went in one ear, right out the other. It never became a part of you. Guard your mind. We've got to guard our heart your hand right there. I mean, I mean, how many likes to take care of your heart? How many realizes that if this, heart, if this thing stops beating, you're in trouble? Guard it. Lord, guard my heart. So, what comes into your heart? Listen, things go in your mind. You can reject them. If you don't reject them, they'll come down right on here. And they'll land right down here in your heart. And if things start getting in your heart, you start believing them. They start becoming a part of you. It'll start, it, it'll, it, it'll become your life's beat. Your heart, your rhythm. The way you live your life. The way you talk. The way you act. Because things that come into your mind. That's why it's so important and dangerous right now. All of the things that they're trying to put in education and put in our kids. Because they're trying to put the thought in their mind. Knowing that it'll get in their heart. And they will begin to believe it. That's what we said Wednesday night. Uh, or last week. About the Ten Commandments being taken out of the schools. Because they said if we post them on the wall. The kids might see them. And if they see them, they might read them. And if they read them, they might believe them. And then they might do them. And that would be unconstitutional. See, the enemy knows that the first thing is to get it in your mind, to hear it. Faith cometh by hearing, 
hearing by the Word of God. But you hear other things too that's not the Word of God. And it gets in your mind. You have opportunity to receive it or reject it. But if you receive it, then it gets into your heart and you believe it. Proverbs 4.23 says, Guard your heart above all else. Guard your heart above all else. Because out of it flows the issues of life. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Ah, it doesn't take too long to find out what's in somebody's heart. Because when you're around them, it's what comes out of their mouth. What they believe, how they feel, their views, all the, everything. It, it, it's issues of the heart, and it comes out of the mouth. That's why I said guard your heart. The Bible says the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They've done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. Listen, when we let evil into our heart, amen, there there has to be a rejection of God. Because we just know the truth. The heart knows the truth. So there has to be a hardening of the heart. That's what the, the enemy is trying to do. Put false information into your mind to harden your heart. Against the things of God. Don't be a fool. Philip was on the chariot and he came to the eunuch and he declared to the eunuch the gospel. And the eunuch said, there's some water. What hinders me from being baptized? And Philip said, nothing if you believe. Here's what the eunuch said. And he answered, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. See, the Bible says, if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you would be saved. With the heart, man believeth. The mouth confesses and brings repentance. Listen, it's important what we allow into our heart. Guard your heart. Guard who you let into your heart. Did you know you can fall in love with anybody? If you hang around them long enough? You spend enough time with them? Guard your heart. Be careful who you let get close to you. Be careful who you let speak into you. Be careful whose advice you take. Everything on Facebook's not true. Don't let that in your heart. Don't let it in your mind. It's a lie. The devil's a liar. And so he wants to get in your mind, bring fear, unbelief, discouragement, depression. All these things originate in the mind. And then they get into the heart and then you begin to believe them. Well, I guess I am no good. I guess I am less than them. I, I guess this. And, I, and, and we start believing lies. I mean, when it hit our mind, we should have rejected it and said, Devil, that's a lie. I'm a child of the Most High God. I'm precious in His eyes. I am somebody. But the devil told you you were nobody. 
And then it got in your heart and it became how you felt and thought about yourself. Don't let it in your heart. Can I get an amen? Guard your attitude. We need an attitude check every now and then, don't we? Check your attitude. You ever told your kids that? You better check your attitude. We want an attitude of gratitude. Philip Philippians 2 5 says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And then in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, same same scripture, but in the NIV, it said, Your attitude should be the same as that is Christ Jesus. I'm going to tell you something. What you let in your mind that gets in your heart will determine your attitude. I can just listen and watch somebody and I can see their attitude and I can tell what they've been listening to, who they've been talking to. Have you ever heard somebody talk? You ever heard a kid talk or somebody and you go, that sounds just like their mama. That sounds just like their daddy. Now, sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes that's a bad thing. But attitude is catching. Because what a person hears, what a person sees, what gets in their mind gets in their heart, and then it comes out their mouth. Have the same attitude as Christ. What kind of attitude do I need to have? An attitude of gratitude. I need to have a thankful attitude. I need to have, have an attitude of appreciation. I need to have an attitude of humility. I need to have an attitude of love. I need to have an attitude of grace. Come on, stop having this cocky, haughty attitude that you're better than everybody else and somebody owes you something and Man, I just read a story today. I loved it. Or this this week. Father told his son, Son, when you're 12, I'm going to tell you the secret of life. Every year. Son, Daddy, tell me the secret of life. Son, when you're 12, I'm going to tell you the secret of life. Finally, he turned 12 years old. His birthday. He's excited. Daddy's going to tell him the secret of life. His dad takes him to the barn. Where all the milk cows were. And he said, son, the secret of life is this. Cows don't give milk. What? That's the secret of life? Yes. Cows don't give milk. The secret to life is you milk the cow. The secret to life is you get up at 4 a.m. in the morning, you go to the, the, the field, you get the cow, you bring the cow to the barn, you tie the cow's tail up, you put the stool down, you put the bucket down, and you milk the cow. The secret to life is you're not going to get anything for free. Nobody's going to give it to you. You must work for it. We have an entire generation right now 
that don't know to milk the cow. They think the milk is free. And somebody should just give it to me. And they're angry every morning when they wake up and there's no milk. But if you don't get up and go to work, get up and milk the cow, you're not going to have any milk. Now every now and then, you can borrow a cup from a friend. But I'm not going to give you my milk every day. Sooner or later, you're going to have to milk the cow. And you're going to have to have a good attitude about it. Stop grumbling. Stop complaining. Stop going to work with a bad attitude. Stop coming to church with a bad attitude. Stop talking to people with a bad attitude. Come on. Have a positive attitude. Have an attitude that says I'm grateful and I'm thankful for what I have. And display that attitude of grace and peace. I'm telling you, you have a lot more friends. You have a lot more people that want to come visit. When your attitude is a blessing, not a curse. Guard your past. Did you know if you don't guard your past, it'll come back and haunt you? If you don't guard, if you don't put a guard there, if you don't, if you don't keep it where it belongs, how many knows the past is in the past? But many of you are living in it today. It doesn't belong in your today. That was your yesterday. You need to leave it behind. You've got to learn to guard your heart, guard yourself from the past. Realize that my past is forgiven. If it's not, get it forgiven. Confess it. Put it under the blood. And ask God to forgive you. Amen. Philippians says, Brethren, I count my not myself to apprehended, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth for those things that are before. I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling that's in Jesus. There's nothing back there to go back to. There's nothing back there to look to. Amen. Lot was in his wife were in Sodom. God said, I'm going to destroy Sodom. Do not look back. But on their way out. Why? I don't know. The pool, the family, the friends, the money, the fun, whatever made her turn and look back. And she turned to a pillar of salt. Don't look back. Your past will stop you. It'll hinder you from living successful today, from living happy today. All of us have mistakes in the past. We all have failures in the past. We all have things in our past that we're not proud of. But that's why they need to stay in the past. Stop trying to dig up people's skeletons. Leave them buried. Leave them under the blood. Confess your sins. He's faithful and just to forgive them. But many of you today, the devil will constantly try to get you to look back because if you're looking back there, you're not going forward. Which is our last point. Guard your future. 
We have a future. You have a future. You're going somewhere. You're going to be somebody. You're going to do some things. You're going to experience some things. God's got blessings, favor. He has got anointings. He's got callings. He's got miracles. He's got finances. He's got relationships. He's got people in your future that you need to be blessed with. But if you're too busy looking at your past, you'll never enjoy your future. Many people are so caught up, so battling the mind, so hurt in their heart, so angry in their attitude, so guilt-wrapped with their past that they can't enjoy today. And they sure can't. Hope for a bright future. But can I tell you this morning that the Bible declares where there's no vision, the people's perish. Where there's no vision. Where you can't see a future. Where you can't see what can be. When you can't see anything beyond what is. See, the devil just wants to get you stuck. He wants to, you, you, you just, just look at what is. Just look at what was. And then he gets you discouraged and depressed. And he gets your heart wounded and hurt. I'm telling you, every single one of us in this room today have heartaches. We've been heartbroken. People, things, situations. But I'm telling you today, God wants to heal your heart. He wants your heart to be pure before Him. He wants to forgive your sin and your iniquity. He wants to sanctify your mind and cleanse your thoughts. He wants to forgive your past. And then Jeremiah declares, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. I'm here to declare to you today, you have a future. Everybody say it with me. I have a future. This is not all there is. Listen, tomorrow's going to be better. Maybe today your mind is, is tormented. Maybe today your heart is broken. Maybe today your attitude stinks. Maybe today your past real but you still have a future because God will take care of you if you will resist the devil it's the devil's business to try to torment your mind break your heart sour your attitude bring up your past and keep you from your future. But I'm here to tell you today, the devil's a liar. The devil is a loser. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. 
I'm turning my back on my past and I'm walking into my future with a mind made up, with a heart full of life, with an attitude of gratitude. Amen. My past is forgiven and my future is bright in Jesus' name. Can I get a big amen in the house today? Hallelujah. Which one do you need today? Everybody here needs something different. For one, you're battling in your mind. Thoughts, lies, memories. Others, things have gotten your heart and broke them. For other, your attitude is just it's rotten. Some of you, if you have a past, you got a rap sheet. It's long. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what's in the past. God forgives. God's merciful. We just have to give it to Him. Do you want a future? Do you want things to be better? Do you want to stay the way you are? See, I have a choice. I can keep hobbling. I can keep hurting. I have for a long time. And I know pain, the surgery is not going to be fun and it's going to hurt. But I'm going to recover. And then, I'm going to be pain free. Then, I'll just have a scar to remind me of what was. But I have a good future without pain. So you can choose to stay right where you're at and just hobble through life. Or you can fix it. You can allow the Holy Spirit to fix it. And it's not easy. But it's worth it. I want to run again. I don't want to be held back. I don't want to be limited. Your mind, your attitude, your heart is limiting you from your future. It's a weight. Today, let's give it to Jesus.